Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft. And as we are nearing the season... It's only fitting to bring back Andrew Geiger, Mr. Casual Hoya himself. Andrew, I don't know when the last time we did one of these, but it's been way too long. The season's almost here. Can you believe it? Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, just uh, living the dream over here. I, I can't believe it's already October, and uh, we're talking hoops. It seems like yesterday that we uh, were just hoisting the trophy after winning the Big East tournament and then getting crushed in the NCAA tournament. So uh, it's time to turn the page. It is time to turn the page. And real quick, just on a personal level, how are you doing? I know that you're down in New Orleans. I know I, I shot you a text and you responded, so I know you're good. But do you guys get used to this? You know, just, I mean, it seems like your lives just are completely, you got, it's just such a <laughs> such a wild card down there. It's always something. Um, but yeah, no, thank you. Uh, this storm, uh, Hurricane Ida, was, was, was pretty bad. I was actually in New York that weekend, but my okay. wife took the kids and evacuated, and then I kind of met them down in, in Florida. Uh, I didn't anticipate being away for so long, but we were actually gone a few weeks. Had some minimal property damage, um, but it's been over a month since the storm, and there's still a bunch of crap everywhere here in the streets, and uh, it's been t- it's taken a little while to recover from this one. I mean, thankfully, it was more of a wind event than a wind and flood event um, yeah uh, but still it was bad i mean anytime look you, you guys don't get many experiences with category four winds up in your neck of the woods but there it's nothing to mess with you know yeah hurricanes hurricanes aren't great unfortunately we've been uh in the, the cone or the zone or whatever quite a few times since I moved down here. Um, but you learn how to deal with, you learn to deal with it and you just hope that um, they miss you. As I'm getting older, I know you've got three kids. I'm up to two now. And, you know, basically any situation you get in, people tell you, well, you're just going to get used to it. You're going to adjust, you know, however tough things can be. But man, like it's hard from afar to look at what happens to you guys and just be like, how is that? How can you get used to that? I mean, we had, we had a tree fall down in my house, which was, almost a disaster. Um, it hit my neighbor's house, just part of it. Uh, it was not, it was not category four wins. So I don't know how you guys do it, but it seems like you are just rolling with the punches. No, no doubt. Look, I mean, there are other parts of the country that deal with other things. I mean, thankfully we don't have to deal with earthquakes or fires, you know, tor- yeah. tornadoes or fires. Uh, so hurricanes are our thing. And thankfully it's just from essentially just a few months of the year. Um, and again, you just kind of pray for the best. Yeah. Well, I don't know why I can't. Uh, well, I, I, the whole thing about hurricanes, like 
they put so much effort into, you know, measuring wind speed and all that. You'd think there'd be some way to slow the things down by now. I don't know, by dropping stuff. And I mean, they're, they're massive, obviously, but it seems like we haven't really made any strides weather-wise in containing these things. But I guess you can't really, you can't really contain Mother Nature. Yeah, wasn't there a suggestion though, maybe in the last four years of like maybe just dropping a nuke in one of them? Wasn't that one of the <laughs> one of the suggestions yeah. that came out of the uh, Oval Office? Right. <laughs> but, you know, but anyway, let, let's let's get on to the topic that people want to discuss, which is our fighting Hoyas of Georgetown. Yes, we want to basically do two parts: do the great Twitter questions from all the fans out there, and then kind of just our thoughts on the schedule now that we know the locations, the dates the television coverage, all that stuff. But real quick, a topic yep. that I know is near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. Tell me how surprised and then also how happy are you with the way things have developed for Jamarco Pickett since he's left Georgetown? Uh, <laughs> I'm really shocked that <laughs> he's in the league, to be honest. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I, th- I feel like we had this conversation. You could always squint and see him being an NBA player. But I get go, it. On. I mean, go on. I, I get it. He's got the length. He's he's got you know. You could see him being in the NBA, but then like a, a just based on what it looks like. Yeah. But man, I uh, was there ever like a, a signature ticket game that you were like for forty minutes he showed you that he could play in the league. I mean, there was always like those little spurts of brilliance. I think it there was. Also, there were also some really. Bad moments. I don't even think he like carried the team, and it, it wasn't even like during the Big East tournament. Like you were like, "Wow, this is the picket that we've been missing." I, no, I just... that's that's where you're <laughs> wrong. It was the Seton Hall game, man. It was Seton Hall. You know, they got past yeah. Villanova, they survived, and then he came out and just shut down Mamu, who I think got drafted like 58th or 60th or whatever crap it was. You know, but that was the game mm-hmm. I thought where look, he picket was never. He's hopefully he ends up sticking with the Pistons or in the NBA. It looks like he's got a good chance, but yeah, he never like, you know, grabbed Georgetown by the neck and dragged him over the finish line. But I think he always had those qualities and there were a couple, you know, performances where he was, you know, shooting and he just, what a really interesting career. I know you've been following Georgetown for a long time too. I know that they're not similar, but I would say like in sort of like over a four year career, Don Reed never really did a, like a lot to like. Wow, that guy's an NBA player. And like, I'm, please do not te- mm-hmm. do not do not tweet me and say that they're nothing alike. I understand that, but I just I'm trying to come from like a viewpoint of a lot of unspectacular moments for Georgetown, yep. but like having the pro ability. I get it. I, I think that he he's done a lot clearly in the off season to work on his shot. I think that's what. Um was impressive to me watching him play in the summer league. I mean, he was pretty, pretty good from, from deep, um, yeah. which I thought was really, really frustrating when he was at Georgetown, the inconsistency with his, with his jump shot. I mean, he, he was always a good defensive player. Um, yeah. And, you know, defensive players that, that can hit outside shots can, can have long careers in the league. I mean, look at, I mean, Hollis Thompson's a good example, I guess, right? I mean, Hollis was a decent, I mean, obviously a good shooter. And then he improved defensively enough to carve out a, a decent playing career, certainly longer than, than I thought for what I saw from him at Georgetown. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully he sticks with the Pistons and, and can get in the rotation. I knew you were going to be very shocked and surprised. We covered that part. But as far as 
how happy are you? I mean, like, I think this is such a big deal for Georgetown because the kids want to see the guys making the pros, okay? And he's mm-hmm. one of Ewing's guys. It wasn't like he played for JT3 and Ewing. Like, this is a Ewing kid. He was there four years. And I think it's just, I, I thought Derrickson was going to stick. I was wrong. You know, mm-hmm. but like this, I think this is such a huge, this could just, its you know, it's awesome for Pickett, for Pickett's wallet. You know, I'm happy for everything for Jamarco. But I think for the program, you know, it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you know, as far as like how do you, you know, build the program back up to sustaining success. I think putting guys in the league is such a big deal. Yeah, and I, I think I saw on Twitter that someone had asked you, well, does, does Mac McClung count? And you said no. No. Uh, uh, look, he, he played at Georgetown. I mean, look, he's not going to – he's not a favorite son or anything like that. But if you talk about kids that Ewing helped put in the league, he he has to be on the list. He, I mean, he played what? Didn't he, didn't he only play one year at Tech? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So one year at Georgetown. I mean, half of his college career was, was under Ewing. So, I mean, you've got Derrickson, Pickett. Um, Looks like Omir might, might be on the heat now. Yeah, you're seven, and then arguably, um, you know, Mac. So that's that's not bad. Yeah, I guess I just think that if you count Omir, then you can't count McClung because then NC State should be counting, you know, should be counting Omir. You, you know what I mean? Like, sure, I feel like but, you, but, you can't but, get both sides um, of that. Right, exactly. So I mean, I, I think NC State deserves some credit in developing your seven too. Uh-huh. Um, NC but State, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes, whatever. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Okay. Well, you put out the casual Kente sign for questions, and I think we got a bunch of good ones here. What will the rotation look like this year? Can I start by saying, and I said this to some people yesterday, there was, um, when, the, when the schedule came out, one of the Marquette blogs was, you know, oh, why is Georgetown on national TV so much? They're going to be bad. And I was joking with him, but I responded. I said, how do you know? How do you know who's on the roster? Yeah. And, how, do you know, uh, it, how do you know Georgetown is going to be bad if you don't if you don't know who's on the team? Right now, on we're September 30th, I just looked. Jamarco Pickett has the same, and it's interesting, he's got the same <laughs> height and weight. He's on the most current online roster for the Detroit Pistons and for the Georgetown Hoyas. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, and, and in, prep, in preparation for this, to, I mean, to be honest, I figured I'd go on the old uh, Gio Hoyas site and take a look at our roster because I want to be able to answer even like who's who's on the squad because, you know, I haven't really been paying that close attention since the season ended. But like this is a lot of familiar names on here, <laughs> you know, a little uh, Javon Blair. OK, I guess we get him back. That's nice. Pick it. I mean, coming back. <laughs> I'm, look, I, G, the powers that be behind the scenes um, have never really been that on point, but this is kind of embarrassing. I mean, I think other schools' uh, sites have pointed out to me that they're starting to wonder what the story is. I hope that nothing sort of 
sinister is afoot, you know, but you never know. I mean, it is very odd that the roster isn't up considering it really wouldn't be that difficult to do it. I just wonder if perhaps it's not complete or yeah. they're awa- or maybe they're awaiting word from something about someone. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so in the last <laughs> couple of days, they've updated the schedule, filling in all of the blanks with TV and with, uh, I guess it was just TV that we were uh, waiting on. And, oh, I guess mm-hmm. we also found out when the, when the Big East games were. So they've updated that. You know, locally, I wasn't able to go, but uh, George Mason just had, like, their first practice, and they are opening to the media. As far as Big East schools, I haven't looked at all of them, but it's, people have come to me and said, hey, you know, all, all other 10 Big East schools have their rosters updated. I happened to go to Marquette just because the Marquette blog was kind of tripping at me. Uh, it's still yeah. weird, by the way, to look at Shaka Smart with hair, okay? Like, I, I'm still not comfortable with that picture, but they have yeah. updated theirs. It's hard to imagine that Georgetown's roster is set and they haven't updated online. Whatever that means, I don't necessarily know whether, like, like you said, whether like we're waiting for someone's eligibility to be lock solid or maybe someone that we think is going to be on the roster isn't. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't have this kind of speculation if it was up. So I'm not trying to fabricate stories for the, the purpose of just talking with you. Um, yeah. So I can't imagine another reason, right? Well, look, I mean, the if, if they didn't want the fan base to speculate, they'd put a roster up. Yeah. It's very, very simple. I mean, you can always update a roster. The longer you, you hold out and putting it up, you're you're only begging for questions. Um, I mean, one of the questions we got was from someone that looked like... What was Asking it? about Something Trey King. About Trey King. Some, Apostle suspension of Trey King. I, I, I don't know anything about that. Um, someone mentioned that to me somewhere. I, honestly, I, I have no idea. Um, he did document his lunch uh, for us with our recent foray into NIL, which we can discuss. And I believe he documented Raising Cane's, which is a, um, a strong fried chicken brand down here uh, in New Orleans uh, and I guess other locations uh, in the South primarily. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully there, there's nothing going on. Uh, I, I don't know where these rumors started. It, I don't go on the uh, on the Hoya Talk site, uh, what, what's going on over there. It's kind of a grim place, and I've been going there since, I don't know, I think it started when I was in high school. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not anti-Hoya talk, but a lot yeah, of the posters that I remember, a lot, of the po- a lot of the posters I remember don't necessarily post as much as they used to, and it's been taken over by a couple people that just sort of argue the same thing on every damn thread. So it's, you know, it's kind of, I guess it's just what comes when you're just swimming in mediocrity, right? Like the natives get restless and they just, they just fight about every stupid little thing. But um, yeah, Trey King looks like was supposed to be a big part of the team. I, I shouldn't say supposed to, is supposed to be. Uh, we don't have any word yet that there is a problem, but he's definitely one of the more promising uh, transfers that got in. He could probably be, right. basically, it's like, is he going to play, are they going to play small ball five with Trey King, who had a great career at Eastern Kentucky? You know, uh, it's kind of like EOFA, Matumbo, Wilson. And then if you go small, you could have King play the five is I think what everyone is envisioning. So yeah, I've had a bunch of people reach out to me asking me about it. I do not know anything. Uh, um, I'm hoping that there is nothing to know, but like this started out when things kind of just get pushed down, people start talking and get nervous. And next thing you know, 
here we are. But uh, did you want to try and take a stab at at the rotation? I mean, we're we're basically at a point where this is we haven't even had the Hoya Madness, if, if they're even going to have it, or the Hoya's um, Media Day, the one in big in the Big East coming up in about two weeks. But uh, as far as the scholarship players, you know they've mm-hmm. got they've got thirteen. My guess for the scholarship players that you're not going to see, I, th- I think it might be easier to try and eliminate the guys that you don't think are going to have a heavy time on the court. Malcolm Wilson, I would not expect to have a heavy time on the court. Um, Jalen yeah. Billingsley, okay, that gets us down to 11. You know Ewing's only going to play like nine at the most, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, who gets squeezed? I don't know. Kobe Clark seems like he might be another candidate. Didn't see a lot of mm-hmm. him last year. And for whatever reason, Colin Holloway ended up to me sort of being like Ewing's version of Benjamin, where he yep. played him a lot and you were like, what's going on? Why isn't uh, Sibley in? Like he's the four star, but Colin Holloway obviously gained Ewing's trust. So, you know, it's hard to see him getting squeezed. And, you know, I think that's kind of, I'm sort of like, I guess I'm coming at it from a, I'm coming from the back end of trying to eliminate who's not going to play. But you look at, you know, you look at Caden Rice is coming in. You expect Jordan Riley to play. You expect, you, you expect, um, you know, Beard to play Muhammad. If he's healthy, you obviously expect him to start. You know, you expect mm-hmm. Dante Harris to start. Um, I think Don Carey was really great off the bench. I could see him starting the season just because, look, mm-hmm. let's be honest, they don't bring back a lot, right? Like, I know online it looks like they might be bringing back Javon Blair, but they're not, okay? So <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they have the luxury to start Don Carey off of off of the bench. Um, no, that's kind of the way the I'm problem, looking at things. The, the, the problem really seems to be front court depth um and i think we knew that when wahab transferred to uh, maryland i mean that finding a a replacement for him in the middle would be difficult and i don't think we've done that i think matumbo as a result is going to get a lot of minutes probably more minutes than he was um contemplated to be given as a freshman um i've heard that he's looked pretty good uh in in workouts and stuff so uh, who, who knows? But I mean, they need big bodies because uh, it's, it's lacking. I mean, we can play small ball. I think we'll have some success with it with, you know, Muhammad Riley and um, Dante Harris, of course. But I, I am worried about the front court and someone's got to step up. Obviously, the best thing about college sports is that the guys improve, right? The guys, the kids, whatever you want to call them, they improve. It's not like the NBA. We kind of know what someone is and it just, you know. So I don't want to disrespect the growth that I'm sure most of the players have gone through over the summer. But based on what we saw last year, what would your feeling be if Ewing just decided to plug in Ego FA and kind of give him the, the role in the minutes that we saw Wahab? He was kind of a maddening player to me. You know, he, he's got the size for sure, right? I mean, he's got yeah. that NBA body. His his wingspan's insane. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of seasoning, so you, you hope that you're right. I mean, another offseason learns the game a little bit more. Um, he, I think he could be an impactful player for us. I just he's just he was also a foul machine, right? I mean, he's got a. Yeah. You've got to learn the, the game. I mean, I, I'd feel certainly more comfortable with him as your your backup five than your starter. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yeah, but he's serviceable I, and and then he can guard the opposing five. 
Yeah, I mean, you brought up in the beginning, you know, what happened against Colorado. And, you know, it, it looks like looking back, Wahab's decision was made well before then, you know, but Wahab and Ego FA got a lot of heat, you know, as far as, you know, Colorado had their big guys stretching out, shooting. Georgetown just could not match up with that. And that does seem to be kind of the way that not just the NBA, but college is going now, right? Where your bigs, you know, shoot, they come out. Like Wahab was kind of a throwback big, which is why leaving Ewing is just such a weird decision. But I think there's a lot more that yeah. goes into that than just basketball. But I, I think for me, after what we saw in the Colorado game, and then just come out and be like, well, plug and plug and play. We're just gonna we're gonna have our traditional five guy that really effective right around the basket, and that's it. So I'm hoping that they don't go that direction. I also think that based on how many new pieces are on this team, I wouldn't expect you know to roll the ball out day one, and that's just the way it is forever. Like I think we're going to see a lot of changes to like what goes on because there's just so many different pieces. But as far as ego FA and the center position, I hope that it's more of a more of a different strategy than just sort of like what we like what was what used to be basketball with your traditional five that how excited are you for the Harris Riley two on one fast break this year? Um, (laughs) I like this question for two reasons. Number one, because (laughs) it's, it's, it's insinuating that we have two exciting players that can, you know, play kind of, uh, at least someone's looking forward to seeing Riley's above the rim, uh, athleticism and, and, and finishing ability. Uh, Georgetown has to be the single worst, team on fast break opportunities that I've that I can recall ever watching in recent memory maybe it's just as a fan you get so frustrated and maybe I just it just seems to me whenever they have a fast break something goes wrong um but yeah I mean I'm looking forward to Georgetown finally having a dunker I mean the last maybe I'm missing someone but for me Jabril back in the you know back in 2013 with on those auto porter teams I and mean, he was the, the finisher in a lot of fast breaks i always looked forward to that uh, so yeah we'll see what riley can do well i think uh peak right i think, yeah. I think peak and, oh and roddy roddy fryer oh yeah yeah roddy fryer of course but again he didn't have a dante harris feed on the ball so um yeah so i'm i'm, I'm excited the, the issue with the hoyas for me this year is uh, they're just young again, right? You, you'd, you'd hope that you, you can maintain some of that. And that's really why the Wahab transfer kind of bothers me and sort of tempers my expectations for next season is because now you're kind of sure you have Harris, but now you're kind of starting over again with, with a lot of new players. And yes, that's exciting, uh, but you, you don't really know what, what we're going to have until we see them out there. I think the good thing for Harris is he kind of improved. You know, he came out the first game that Jalen Harris was out with back spasms. He kind of came out of nowhere. And I think everyone except for Nolan was sort of surprised, right? Nolan had done a lot of the film stuff that summer and was like, hey, I think they might really have something here. And, you know, he wasn't yeah. playing a ton. And, you know, Jalen was playing a bulk of the minutes. And then he came out and he was Biggie's freshman of the week. And then, you know... I guess teams got the chance to see him and he's a freshman and all these things. And he kind of was, he wasn't, I don't think he was a candidate for any real awards, but then obviously he took the award of all awards, which is the Big East MVP of the, the, you know, tournament. And 
so he's coming back as the reigning MVP, but he also has all these freshmen, particularly Muhammad, that are going to kind of take a little bit of the pressure away from him. So I think he's in a great spot of he gained so much experience and he should feel so confident going into the season, yet it's all, there's going to be so many eyes focused on, on uh, Muhammad that I really think he's got a chance to really continue to grow. If it's possible for the Big East Tournament champion to be under the radar, I think Dante Harris fits that. And I think that, to me, is probably a, a really great opportunity for him and for Georgetown because you need a point guard. I mean, how many years did Georgetown not have a point guard? And, you know, and right. then you throw you throw in Beard, and it's like how many, Georgetown has multiple point guards. Like, this is unbelievable. You can even play two at the same time. Uh, we have no idea mm-hmm. what's going to happen yet. But um, so I think I think that's definitely – I think Dante – it's got, it's got to be Dante's team, and I don't know if he likes sort of sharing the limelight. I'm sure he, all the times we've spoken to him, I have not, you know, he's not come across as someone that that uh, needs it. But I think, I think it's going to be a real advantage for him to not have to, you know, be the guy from day one. Even though Georgetown does need him to be the guy, um, I think yeah. this is probably. <laughs> go, ahead. go on, no, go, no, go on. No, I was going to say, I mean, the, the next question I was going to go to was what sophomore not named Dante Harris will play the biggest role this year? Is that the one from, is that from Hoya Apologist, I think? No, that's from Depressed Hoya. <laughs> Depressed Hoya. I think Hoya Football Apologist had something similar, what non-freshman make. Uh, that's a great yeah, yeah. question. That It's a great question because I think it has to – I think after what we saw last year in game one from Kobe Clark, everyone was so excited about him, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then he mysteriously basically never played again. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though we heard how great he was practicing, but we just never saw him on the court. Um, mm-hmm. I've sort of fallen. I've fallen for uh, Holloway. I think, I think that he knows how to play. I don't think he's very, I don't think he's one of like the, you know, the better athletes or he's like super explosive or he doesn't have like, you know, great height, but he look playing time is what it's all judged by. And Ewing gave him a ton of time last year when it was sort of surprising. So if he continues on that path, I think it's gotta be him. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to get the leap. I don't necessarily, it's going to be more of a leap in terms of making it impact on, on 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 the squad as much as the leap in minutes i think he's he's certainly targeted for a lot of minutes especially with with wahab leaving um because holloway did I, you know i recall in that villanova game in the biggest tournament i mean he he was grabbing boards i mean he did he, he looked good underneath the glass and i think that's uh that's something that that we're going to need from him um let's see non-conference conference games you're most excited about can I tell you mine? Uh, sure. <laughs> so, opening day, November 13th, mm-hmm. Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon, mm-hmm. the rare 2 o'clock home game at Capital One Arena against Dartmouth. Okay, look, Georgetown gets a chance. Anytime you get a chance to take the all-time series lead against a school from the Ivy League, you got you just got to do it. You know what I mean? Just You just got to. And... If you ever wanted to know the question, the answer to the question, how many Georgetown fans will go to a game when it's literally free? You will get yep. your answer because if you go to G Hoyas and you fill out some form and you agree to give them your, you know, your phone number so they can text you a million times and your email so you can get bombarded with spam, I'm sure, you can get a free ticket to this game. So, 
literally we are we are, we, we are georgetown.com slash free hoyas game right so literally literally for free so so i mean like 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 you know you get a chance because i mean how many schools of the ivy league are in georgetown's fight song it's like princeton and harvard and i think yale i don't think dartmouth's in it but look you get a chance to take the all-time lead against dartmouth okay and the game is freaking free like there's no excuse not to go there's there's none so yeah um it's and, a little tongue-in-cheek and, but yeah but one, you know, I, I did listen to your latest podcast when you had the the guys from Thompson's Towel on. Um, and for those that don't know, that that's a Georgetown site that's essentially um, run by current students. And yeah. so what I was what I was encouraged uh, by listening to some of their responses to your questions was that there genuinely seems to be a uh, a lot of energy uh, on campus surrounding not just the basketball team, but Georgetown sports in general, uh, obviously led by the success of the, the soccer team and filtering on down even to what, what appears to be a They said there was a packed stadium for the, the football opener. Yeah. Um, so if that translates to basketball, that, that's a great thing. I mean, we talked talk about last season. Dude, it was really weird. There were no fans, right? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, this, this would be the – the first time that a lot of these these players will even get to play in front of fans. Well, who on Georgetown's roster has scored a point at a home game with fans? I think it's just it's just Ego Fa, right? I mean that's that's crazy, right? Because Carrie wasn't on the I'd team. Love, look, I'd love to verify that, but I, I don't have a roster in front of me. It's coming, like literally, literally, ha- it's it's literally on on its way. Like, there's no doubt about it. It's 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 yeah. making its way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 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 yeah, um, that's a little bit of a sidetrack there. If you, if Andrew, if you were the czar of Georgetown basketball scheduling, and there was mm-hmm. no commitments to Capital One Arena, what would your ideal breakdown of games look like? Would it be like it is now, where you play every game at Capital One? Would it be something more like Villanova, where you play? Yeah, I, okay. I actually think. Uh, yeah, I actually think St. John's is is doing it right this year. I, I forget their breakdown, but it, it's what you're getting at. I mean, yeah, the, the marquee the marquee games, the the big rivalry games, are being played at MSG. Everything else is being played at Carnesecca, and we really should be doing the same. To be honest. Even though we had no fans last year, those games looked really good on TV with those cardboard cutouts of fans. It was just nice to see, like, every seat, quote-unquote, taken, you know? My son um, was there. And Yeah, there you go. And it, it could be a really nice home court advantage. And, you, I mean, you know better than anyone. We just don't have that at, uh, at Cap 1. It's not even close. I don't care, I mean, how many free tickets you want to give away. It's just never going to get there. They they are. I will say this. It sounds like, and I haven't been a season ticket holder in a long time. I was for about ten years ish, and then I started doing this mm-hmm. stuff and just whatever. But anyway, they are doing something where they're trying to get everyone down lower. So if you're a season ticket holder and you don't want to go to, let's call them the schmo games, okay? Yep. As um, one of the guys I work with in the AP talks about different things, you basically say, "Hey, look, I don't want to go to the Longwood game." 
And then instead of your tickets being wasted, they're going to make sure that people fill in down there rather than get a ticket in the 200 or the 400 level, which is insane. Like the 400 level should be completely blocked off. Like no one should ever be up there. Um, And so they are doing some things that they have control over. I just get really concerned this year between, even though they won the biggest tournament, you know, they're not really, you know, bringing back like brand, you know, Mm -hmm. household Mm -hmm. names or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you're still going to have people that aren't because of COVID aren't going to want to go indoors to events. That's just a fact. I think you're, you know, particularly in a place like DC, like, you know, maybe in Creighton out in Nebraska, um, you know, where maybe the disease, you know, a lot of people have different thoughts on what's going on with, you know, the pandemic. I think it's probably easier to get people inside, but I think in DC, you're going to have the COVID problem. You're going to have the lack of success recently problem and just, you know, just everything. So whatever their normal attendance woes are probably be a little bit, you know, still a little bit, you know, trying to catch up. So, I, like I said, if you were the czar, well, if I were the czar, the, 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 the COVID, the COVID thing is an issue everywhere in theory, and other schools are going to be playing in front of sellout crowd. So, I mean, yes, it, it's noise in the background, and you can always say, "Oh, well, the COVID this, COVID that." Yeah. That's, but I guarantee you, that's not going to be a problem at you know at Cameron. You know, I mean, like at the end of the day, I, I like the idea of, of blocking off the upper deck. They just yeah. have to make it visually so when the games are on television that there aren't those like just huge swaths of, of empty seats. Um, so whatever they need to do, at least they're addressing it, it seems, so that, that that's a good thing. Um, which two Hoyo basketball players would make the best Peyton and Eli buddy team to commentate women's soccer games? So I guess this was a picture of uh, Timmy and Dante supporting the, the women's soccer team. Um, Real quick, game. what did you think about the picture? Because so this is from um, Vlad Oligarski. Mm-hmm. I've i definitely mm-hmm. uh, he's he's definitely tweeted to me before. I know he's a big Georgetown fan. Um, the, the picture was, in my opinion, kind of a, a little weird because they don't know they're getting photographed and blah blah blah. But um, <laughs> it's definitely a funny. I I don't know about you. I've I've been watching Peyton and Eli. I can't imagine ever watching oh. a normal. Dude, 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 let's let's segue a little to that. <laughs> to me, it's the best show. It's the best show on television. It's the yeah. only show. I want to talk about television. I'm talking about like cable TV, not any streaming service or whatever. Yeah. Because um, I know there's a lot of Ted Lasso fans and blah blah. This <laughs> Peyton Eli, the Manning cast, is literally the show every week that I look forward to watching. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, and like you said, there's no reason to watch the regular broadcast ever again. I was trying to think of some scenario where I might, and I, I don't know what that might be. Like maybe if your favorite team were playing on Monday Night Football and you wanted to, you know, watch the game without being able to focus on the game rather than, you know, whatever they're doing, maybe. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to get that opportunity when, this, when they're next back in action, when the, they're, play, they're doing the Monday Night game between the – my Saints and the Seahawks, and I'm going to be watching the Cast. Yeah, I mean, if you if you weren't, <laughs> you would be foolish. Yeah, right. So did I, I did just... you take did you take this question to have to be current Hoyas? Uh, I guess I I, I would definitely. I don't know who I, Ryan Matumbo appears to have a lot of personality. Yes, uh, to, yes. to me, uh, just just seeing him uh, interact with people on Twitter and then. Obviously, in our dealings with him, with the uh, with the document your lunch stuff, he's been nothing but a, a pleasure and a joy. Um, 
so he would be in there for me. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, I think Murasan would be there for me too. He he's been kind of really pretty good to deal with. Yeah, uh, not one that you might think, but I think that the Victor and uh, and Ryan show would be uh, would be a good one. They also have like the if you if you take the heights of their fathers, I think like the two tallest father combos <laughs> you can come up with basically in the world, right? Right. That that's a good point. Yeah. So I I was definitely think I think Ryan is just a no brainer. And uh, last year we got a little bit of Donald Carey, and I thought he he answered questions really well. I thought he didn't just mm-hmm. give canned responses. Like sometimes you can tell that it's like okay. When someone asks about this, we're all going to say this. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm not just yeah. saying oh, like like last year's roster, but just like I've been doing the thing about like this is my tenth year. Like sometimes you're like, okay, this is the theme. Okay, I got it. But I thought I thought Don really gave good answers and he thought mm-hmm. about them and he didn't he, he he wasn't controversial or anything, but you could tell like it wasn't like a canned response. So I really I really appreciated that. As far as like past toys, um, like I said, since I've been covering the team, I think. I think Markel Starks and Nate Lubick would do a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I what also Henry, think. Henry, what about Henry Sims and Julian Vaughn? I was thinking Henry and Hollis. Okay. Okay. And I also think they only played together for part of a year because Chris got hurt. But I think John Wallace and Chris Wright would be pretty good. What if, I mean, I mean, Chris and 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 Austin have that their own little deal, right? They do, do, and I like Austin a lot. I just think that sometimes Chris, like, really carries it, you know? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I think uh, Jonathan would provide a little bit more. But don't get me wrong, Doghawk's cool. Chris has been doing a lot of the heavy lifting recently, and they definitely have – I mean, you know, Chris and Austin have, like, a rapport that you can't make up because they've been friends since they're, like, 10 or whatever. So I get that. But I was trying to think a little bit outside the box. Do you want to hear who I think would be – the absolute worst combo. Do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to? Do you want to maybe guess? I'm 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 not going to guess, but I'm obviously going to want to know who you're thinking. I'm not going to say no. What um, do you think? Otto Porter and LJ Peak. Okay. There's just two guys that it just did not come across, at least to us, and they could be totally, you know, in other spaces. But I got to between covering Georgetown and then covering the Wizards for years. Otto is a very He's not he's not super talkative. And LJ Peak sort of showed up with the Marshawn Lynch type of um attitude talking to the mm-hmm. media once he finally did. So I think those guys would be a lot, a lot of um of uh crickets. And also an honorable mention goes to Greg Whittington. Having him on the broadcast would be phenomenal. Yeah. Oh well Whittington's a pro too. We didn't include him. I did. I said I said he I said he he was the only like so I think it was Hoya Saxa, which is uh, mm-hmm. John uh, Regan that came up. And, you know, he was saying, like, who were, like, the like the uh, gray area guys. Mm-hmm. And for me, the only gray area one was Winnington because while he left Georgetown and was dismissed from the basketball program, he never resurfaced anywhere else. Like, he never played college ball anywhere else. Um, right. I'll never forget at one of the first uh, media availabilities after he was dismissed, our good friend Ben Standig said to JT3, what do you think about Greg Whittington uh, going to Rutgers? And JT3 said, oh, yeah? You think so, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, you, uh, on the Otto Porter thing, you were not that excited that he ended up at Golden State? 
Is that right? Yeah, I haven't gotten over my Christmas in Raleigh in two or not Christmas, my Easter in Raleigh in two thousand eight when Steph Curry and Davidson ruined my life. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just that's just not that's something I'm not I'm never going to get over. So mm-hmm. I don't want. I, I I loved last year Jeff Green being on a team that mattered, and he wasn't just on a team. Like Jeff Green mattered for the Nets. You know what I mean? So I thought sure. that was fun. Yeah. I was really hoping that Otto would surface on the Lakers. I just, I don't want to be part of, I'm just not, I'm not a Steph guy, man. Okay, fair enough. Have, I'm just have, sad. That, have you I'm gotten over it? I'm, I'm, I like to see Georgetown players make postseason appearances. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least at least that way they, they have a chance at a ring. I mean, obviously I thought Jeff and the Nets had the, had a really good shot last year and then. It was awesome. You know, injuries and. Yeah, that that was great, and they look they lost the Bucks. It happens, um, but you know the Warriors will be back next year, and uh, Jeff will be on Denver. They're going to be solid. So you got two teams that are probably in the top five, six squads in the West. They'll make the playoffs, and we'll see what happens. I mean, Porter's Porter's career has been, I mean, a disappointment would be an understatement thus far. Um, you know, seeing where where he was drafted in the, you know, by the Wizards. So uh, hopefully he can log some meaningful minutes with the Warriors. Yeah, I I, th- I was actually worried that he, because some guys like him, they just end up out of the league. But when he's been yeah. healthy recently, which hasn't been a lot, his number, his three-point shooting numbers are still really good. And he's a pretty smart player. Looks like he's put on a little bit of weight. I say that as someone that myself has definitely put on a pandemic, however many pounds I don't even want to know. So I'm not I'm not attacking his weight. He he just looks to be a little bit of a different player, but I still think fundamentally he's so sound and the fact that he can shoot, he should he should have a, a you know a, a place in the league and I'm so you know it's I'm so happy that he while I don't like Steph Curry and the whole Warriors thing, it it is nice to he's on a team that should at least be playing into the second week the the second round of the uh NBA playoffs which is kind of important because it's just all about the playoffs. Can we go to this question, which I think Hold that on. you should take so, by over? By the way, just, just, just real thing. Uh, one thing. You, you want to take a gander at how much money Otto Porter's made in his career so far? Like 125 mil. 125 million. Yeah, so unfortunately I looked it up recently. <laughs> I think he's made the exact yeah. same amount of money as Patrick Ewing. Crazy, yeah, right? I mean, that, 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 that's, that's pretty crazy. What was the question you wanted me to tackle? Noted. This is from talking about practice. Noted Hoya enemy Dan Dockich was recently. Um, he he's not with ESPN anymore. I forget where he went, but uh, that's awesome news, right? You know, Dockich and, and I we made up. If okay, you, if you recall, remember he he announced that game, uh, our NIT game against West Virginia in McDonough. Yeah, and he wore a, he wore a casual headband. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Remember? That's right. So, yes. Um, I, I don't. I don't have any real beef with him. I mean, look, he he inserts himself into a lot of uh, Twitter beefs, which is you know rule number one is just not to do that on Twitter. Um, so he, he gets his reputation. I think he's a pretty good basketball analyst when he sticks to hoops, but he hasn't really been very good at sticking to hoops and staying in his lane. And I think he's actually now with uh, outkick the coverage. Going, yep. Yep. Uh, Clay Travis and those guys. By the way, Jeff Green has made seventy-six million in his entire career. So Otto Porter has made fifty million dollars more than Jeff Green. 
Yeah, the thing I like to point out, you know, I know a couple, I forget when it was, but like, you know, Simmons got on Jeff Green for kind of like, you never know what Jeff Green's going to come through the door. Well, it's like, well, you know, right around when Jeff Green probably could have gotten into the point where he got, you know, I'm not saying he would have got a max contract, but he would have got like his like his best contracts, like when Otto did. They literally mm-hmm. cut this man open and had heart surgery. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, obviously, there's I, for I always kind of like, you know, everything with Jeff Green, I think, is so impressive. And we probably would have seen even better Jeff Green had he not have, you know, the kind of uh, surgery that's ridiculously um, scary. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. Jeff Green is, is an absolute hero. And I don't think he really gets the credit that he deserves. I, th- I think that. There was a great article on him in the Times last year during the Nets playoff run that finally started to give him, I thought, some of that recognition. Again, yeah. it's just too bad that their season ended the way it did. Um, and, and now I fear, like, you know, he's on Denver. They're not going to get that much publicity. You know, it's watch, really watching the Nuggets. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm, I'm so happy for Jeff, and he's been nothing but a great ambassador for, uh, you know, the, 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 the program really throughout his entire career. So a good friend of Kente Corner, a friend of mine, Tyler, who used to be at The Voice, and then he was at Big East mm-hmm. Coast Media, he asked a pretty basic question. What's the best lunch? Hmm. Uh, it's a very easy answer. The best lunch is a documented lunch. Okay. So you can, you can have anything for lunch, really. I mean, I'm not going to be judging your lunch because I need to see what it looks like, you know? I mean, it, to me, if, if you're not documenting your lunch, you're really just not living life. And so um, I, I, I am encouraged by what I see. Uh, you know, August was a great document your lunch season. Um, we, I thought it was very successful. And uh, to bring some of the players into it uh, was really fun. I'm, I'm glad we did that. And um, it, it, it's kind of funny that <laughs> Casual Hoya was really the, the first um, we, we are the a pioneer in, in the NIL land, uh, as far as Georgetown goes. How do you think that went? I think it went great. Um, the, the players had a lot, a lot of fun with it. The ones that got involved and everyone responded. Um, so it, it was, it was really great, uh, to see what they did. I think the, the fan base kind of had fun with it too. Um, and, uh, the, the real, I mean, the real reason for doing it was that it would get everyone's feet wet. Into, I mean, it's August, so we're not really even talking about basketball yet. So yeah. get everyone's feet wet into the NIL waters and that hopefully it would open up opportunities for them down the road when um, they ask, oh, have you ever done some of this before? Like, what's the response like? They can always point to the time when they took a picture of their lunch and, you know, we posted it on the site. Um, I, I can tell you, uh, in with no specific details, of course, that Georgetown um, is making moves behind the scenes to, uh, you know, really get this NIL stuff moving. Um, I, I can see that some parts of the fan base seem to be frustrated with what appears to be a lack of, of anything public just yet, uh, but it's coming. Uh, and so stay tuned. Yeah, and then I, do you want to give a shout out to Philly Hoyas? Yeah. Um, He's done a, a great job with us. Uh, he, you know, puts together contracts and we'll review them. And he's willing to help anyone who wants to get involved um, in, in really this new frontier, whether it be a player 
or a brand that wants to get in touch with the player. We've had multiple conversations uh, with various alums who, who want to get involved as well. So I think it, it, it's going to be an interesting thing to see, um, but there is certainly a lot of interest among alums to, to get involved because they see it as, as a way um, to help the program that they didn't really have the ability to do that before. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And I was glad that we were able to do it. I know we talked about it. And did you have a favorite lunch that you saw from one of the Hoyas? Ah, that's a great question. Definitely, yes. I'm trying to remember whose it was, though. And I don't really know how I'm going to look that up that quickly. Oh, I guess I could go to that article that we did. Hold on a second. Um, I, I definitely appreciated the, the, the Raisin Cane's one because, again, you don't really see what that is. Some people see what, see what that is in, in the Northeast. I mean, I see it all the time here in New Orleans. I thought, uh, let's see, Caden Rice had a nice home-style meal it looked like with some chicken wings and some potato salad and some green beans. Um, Ryan Matumbo had he documented a, documented a Hawaiian punch in his lunch, and I, I, I haven't seen a Hawaiian punch in a really long time. Victor Murison had some really nice-looking shrimp, almost looked like a jambalaya dish and a, and a po' boy which, again, I see all the time down here in New Orleans. Um, Trey King, yeah, again, he had the Canes. Tyler Beard, it looked like he had like a, almost like a burrito bowl situation uh, from Chipotle. Uh, that, that looked good. I mean, again, there, there's no such thing as a, as a bad lunch so long as it's documented. You, you, you know what? You really need to, you need to pick up your documentation game. You know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to get into an argument here, but I've recently been really bad at having lunch. So I don't, I don't really want to get lectured right now. We're, we're recording this at night. It's been a, you know, really just a tough day. No, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, I'm just someone that based on the schedules of where the kids are going and my work from home and trying to do other stuff, it seems like lunch is something that just doesn't happen a whole lot. So it's not that I'm not documenting lunch. I'm not having lunch. And what's BS about that is, I don't look like someone that's missing lunch. You know what I mean? So I'm not even getting that part of it. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a sore subject. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that's most of the Twitter questions. Uh, did you want to go over the schedule? Just a couple things, a couple things that stood out to me. And these are things that Georgetown has no control over. So this isn't two guys just picking on Georgetown for an hour on a pod, but I thought it was really tough that they have, two games on the road to start the Big East, okay? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they end with two games on the road. And the they end on you know at Seton Hall and Xavier, which is just two places where it's just been a house of horrors for them. And they yeah. have a very unusual four-game early homestand, and three of those games are going to be when the students aren't in session. So, look, you're always going to have games where students aren't in session. That's just a fact of life. It just it, it is what it is. They play basketball mm-hmm. during the time where your kids are on winter break. But you want to like minimize that. Like, oh, it was only two this year. That's great. You know, and it was the uh, it was you know the Butler game. No one comes to anyway, or DePaul, or you know whatever. But it's just like wow. So I think you know <laughs> there's no must wins when you haven't had one game yet. But when you look at that mm-hmm. four game homestand. You're like, look, if you want to accomplish anything, you're probably going to need to go three and one. How crazy am I being by even saying that right now? Or does that make sense? I mean, <laughs> the problem also is that that the, the first home game, the first conference home game is the Johnnies on New Year's 
day <laughs> at, 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 at noon. I mean, look, I, 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 you and I have kids and stuff, so we'll, we'll be in bed by nine regardless. But like, you know, anyone who wants to ring in the new year isn't, it's going to be very difficult for them to wake up and then make their way down to cap one for a, the old nooner start against St. John's. Um, and that's, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's annoying. I, I agree. I mean, I, I always look for games that I can target to try to fly up for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, this, unfortunately the conference schedule doesn't really lend itself to one. I, I am planning on coming up for the Syracuse game, uh, in, in December. Great. But, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the last home game is Sunday, February 27th, but that's basically in the middle of Mardi Gras here. So that, that's not going to happen. So, um, whatever it is, what it is, you can, you have to play the games the way they're scheduled and everyone's got to yeah. deal with it. But yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. It does seem to lack some balance. I forgot that they had that game. So I, I looked real quick, like they'd only had, I wrote it down somewhere, but so my birthday's New Year's Eve. So they've had a bunch of games on New Year's Eve, home and away, yeah. in the last yeah. like twenty years or whatever. Um, games on January first, they had one like in two thousand ten, eleven, I think. And Chris Wright was a senior, and then before that, it's like nineteen forty eight, like they lost at Louisville or something. And so they don't play on that day very often. And you know, part of me wonders like how much sway Big John had back in the day. Like, look, we're not playing on January first. <laughs> all right, you like Dave Gavitt. Here's the deal. We're not freaking, you know, he didn't say freaking. We're not We're not playing on January 1st because I, I did find that to be a bit odd. But also maybe back in the day, you know, January 1st used to be like there's 50 bowl games and they're all on the same day. And that's, you know, obviously right. the world's changed. And now there's, you know, the camping bowl on, you know, December 12th and it goes till January 12th or whatever. But, um, yeah, you're right. Not Not really excited to get down to Capital One Arena at like 10 o'clock to see which players are dressed and not dressed during warmups. Um, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> January it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a tradition unlike any other. Man, <laughs> the kid that had the hardest part with it, one, like, like there was one year where Trey Morning, in between like a walking boot and I think he had a concussion problem, you'd get there and you'd be like, oh, Trey Morning, that's a really nice suit, man. But okay, <laughs> you know. Um, so I think it kind of started during Trey Morning and, it's definitely just a good practice to have. Like it's one of the bigger benefits of going to the home games is just kind of seeing with your own eyes who's doing what. I mean, if you remember this past year, you know, um, the stat broadcast has usually the starters are correct. Not always, but usually. And there was there was a couple of times people were texting me like, is Javon Blair, why isn't he starting? Is he not playing? Then you gotta tune into FS1 because no one got to go to the games, you know, and just kind of like yeah. hope. Hope that somebody told the TV commentators what the hell is going on because that's all we got, you know? So at yeah. least when you go to the games, you can physically see so-and-so is not accounted for, so-and-so is in a walking boot, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, Look, at, at the end of the day, we are the defending Big East tournament champion, George yes. Hoyas. And, and you know what? That, that's, that's pretty fucking remarkable. I, I have I have a hat. Did you end up getting a hat? No, I gotta get the hat. Dude, the hat the hat's nice. I'm more of a flat bill hat wearing guy, yeah. which I'm probably yeah. too old for that. I just think it's I, I'm, so. I think Kyle Shanahan is the only NFL coach that goes that way. Um, 
the hats that they offered through the Big East site were the more of the, I guess they call like the dad hats, right? Which is right. more my, um, that's what I'm fitting into. But uh, right. it's a damn good hat. I'm looking at it right now. I am proud owner of that hat. And I hope to add to my hat collection in the not so distant future. You should, you know, you should document your lunch with the hat in the background. I'm not telling, and, you, to, I'm not ta- I'm not telling you what to do, but... And a Hawaiian good. punch. Uh, if, if I document my lunch, a Hawaiian punch is going to be part of it. I don't even know where they sell those. <laughs> Ask Ryan Matumbo. Uh, well, he had some very nice things to say on Twitter about Casual Hoya. He did. Look, I, I, I mentioned earlier, he's been nothing but a, a, a joy. Um, and r- remarkably, um, just uh, he he's very... I don't know. He's very proficient on Twitter and I mean, he speaks his mind and it's just, it's just refreshing. Now, one of the questions that was asked to me by a couple of people was, you know, with the whole document, your lunch with the players and, you know, uh-huh. maybe at some point, hopefully we'll get players on the pod as part of NIL. And that's kind of maybe a possibility, all that yep. kind of stuff is, yep. is that going to skew the way that we speak about them? And I don't think so. Do you? No, no. I mean, look, I think one of the things that, that we've done really well on the site is just kind of tell it how it is. You know, I, I, I'm not looking to make any friends in the program. I'm sure that those in the program are listening to that and be like, yep, because you don't have any. Um, you know, <laughs> if, if, if we lose our objectivity, then, then we lose our audience. So um, anyone who wants to participate, that's great, but it's certainly not going to, you know, make us treat them with, with, with kid gloves or anything like that. Yeah, no, that was that was my thing. Is like, look, you know, I mean, you hear people on the radio all the time, like the, you know, locally here, you know, the, I mean, it's 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 pro stuff. So I think there is difference between pro and, and college, but you know, you can have a reoccurring yeah. guest, but that doesn't mean that you just have to, you know, treat them differently because you've got right. that that uh, relationship. So I was like, no, 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 that's that's not going to be a thing at all. Is there is there anything I missed? Um, are you? No, I, 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 I think we're good. I mean, I think we we should, you know, you and I will will get together after this is done, and we'll kind of put together a, a list of things we got to do. The predictions for the the games and the the season. We'll do that during our, our next pod. Um, we have and, to do uh, it when we actually know who's on the roster, because, like I said, I'm a little concerned, and I'm yep. not trying to be an alarmist that the roster might not look exactly like we think it will. So I think it'd be silly to go through wins and losses thinking that we're going to have certain players playing. And, you know, let's just get some acknowledgement that they're on the team. Uh, that would be nice. Well, I want to thank Andrew for coming on. It was good chatting with you. As always, the season's almost here. We're going to be doing this a lot more. And, that you know, the reoccurring cast of characters, all the all of our friends that have been on here, um, John, Nolan, Howie, um, sorry, whoever I'm forgetting, I apologize, but we plan to be back. Kente Corner did not go away, even though we did take a pretty big hiatus. That was mainly my fault because my life changed over here a little bit. But we're settling in. We're surviving. We got this. So thanks to everyone listening hey. to Kente Corner. What? Yeah, no. I mean, it's October. Let's go. Let's effing go. I was, <laughs> yeah. So Kente Corner, subscribe, rate us. If there's something that you want to hear, there's something that I'm missing, message me, tweet at me, message Andrew, tweet at Andrew. We will figure it out. We are here to please Hoya fans everywhere. And I think yesterday I had someone message me that they're listening in Copenhagen. How cool is that? Um, Global phenomenon. 
Yes, we are. It's a, a lunch blog that's taken over the world. So that's great. Andrew is at Casual Hoya. I am at Bobby Bancroft. And we will talk to you next time. Hoya Sacta.